hearts are filled with expectation. They are filled with love and a passion for you. We have a hunger and a thirst that only you can satisfy. Lord, we enter this moment with anticipation. We know that in your presence, bodies are healed, broken dreams are restored, and lives are transformed. Because with you, all things are possible. Lord, we say, as we worship, you are welcome here. Consume us. Change us. Give us visions and dreams. Give us your heart for the nations. Give us your heart for this generation. And Father, let our generation arise and demonstrate the kind of selfless faith that will change the world. Let a generation emerge that will manifest your love in the earth so that all will come to know you. As we worship, let your presence fill this room. Release signs, wonders, and miracles. We'll be changed. We expect an encounter with you. And we know we'll never be the same as we worship. As we worship. As we worship.
Power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God, so let the church bear the greatest indictment. Because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature, all men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting, yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger, with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, 
We thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened, that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy, that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, a people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears. And through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemy, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust, and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go. 
choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance, his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. For we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God, and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched, and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine, and all forms of spiritual adultery, we pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit, and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God, and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth, and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name. 
that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived. Let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth, preaching the word in and out of season, and making no provision for the flesh, while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you, that we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints, as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, that we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure until the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 Good evening and happy 
Sabbath and welcome again to LPJ 64, the Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Study. I tell you, it's another great night. Uh, we've been blessed to be here again on this Sabbath night. God has been good to us again. It blessed us to see this day end again and blessed us in health and and all the things that we need, he has given that to us. And that's, that's with God. We can't ask for anything more. That's right. He has been there for us all week. So we thank him once again. So we're going to get our Bibles. And we're going to get ready for Bible study. So what we're going to talk about tonight is faith that works. Faith. That works. Faith that works. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to go into um, James chapter 2 and verse 26. James chapter 2 verse 26 says, For as the human body apart from the spirit is lifeless, so faith apart from its works of obedience is also dead. That's right. So faith that works. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. But always, you know, we got some kind of story. Yes, we do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, <clears throat> this person was a successful doctor and an elder in a big, well-known church of several hundred members. He was an important giver to the church's big projects. His donation encouraged others to give more money to the church. The doctor was also a great preacher. When the pastor was gone, he spoke, and everyone looked forward to his messages, which were deep, heartfelt, and spiritual. Then one day, the truth came out. The doctor's absence at church one Sabbath was not because he was on vacation, as many had thought. Instead, he was found dead in his beachfront condo from an overdose of drugs. Wow. Wow. So, more shocking was that in his bedroom were dozens of pornographic videos and magazines. The church felt bad, especially the young people who had looked up to him as a role model. Well, we must leave all judgment in God's hand. Amen. Who are we to judge? That's right. I mean, come on. Maybe they didn't find that in your bedroom or my bedroom. But what's in your mind? And what's in your closet? And what's in your closet? The closet is your mind. The, the closet is your mind. A mind, a closet that no one can see or get in but who? But God. God, he knows the heart. He but you, knows it. But also, you got to remember, but see, the doctor's action made people wonder if his faith was real. There you go. So it's still, we got to leave it to the Lord. So the point stands is, we are saved by faith. Amen. But we cannot separate faith and works in the life of a Christian. It is an important but often misunderstood truth found in the book of James. That's right. So we're in James 2. Let's go to 
verse 14 in James 2. Okay, verse 14 in James 2. So what is the use of profit, my brethren, for anyone to profess to have faith if he has no good works to show for it? Can such faith save his soul? So how do we understand James 2.14 in comparison with the teaching of salvation by faith alone? Let's read also 15 through 17. So if a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you say to him, Goodbye, keep yourself warm and well fed, without giving him the necessities for the body, what good does that do? So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience, to bad it up by itself is destitute of power and operative dead. So then, God is saying, <laughs> if the brother is hungry and you as a Christian, all you can do for him is say, have a good day. Keep yourself warm Keep and yourself get well warm, fed. And you know he's hungry and you don't feed him, then Where's your works? Where's your works? That's what God is saying. If you're a good Christian, then your works will say, come on, brother, let me treat you to a meal. Or come on and go home with me and let me feed you. Let me give you your needs. Your needs. That's what God did for the people. Mm -hmm. Before he preached, he took care of their needs. And then... He gave them the word. Yes, it is. We are so busy judging mm. that we can't see the need of others. You know what? That is true because faith without works, like you said, James 2, 15, and 16 gives a very clear picture of this kind of phony faith. That's right. And that that's what we have. Mm -hmm. We can see somebody dirty and nasty. And we so busy judging that person mm. that we can't see to him getting a bath and a decent meal or turning our nose up at him. Amen. That is so true. Jesus would take that person and make sure they get a bath, get fed good, and then tell them about the love of Jesus. In other words, you don't know their circumstances, why they are in the situation. That's in. right. So... This is what God is telling his people to do, that we don't do. We judge, turn our nose up, and then we got the nerves. We're talking about, we know Jesus. I got faith. <laughs> I got faith. I love Jesus, and I have faith he'll do this. I have faith he'll do that. Oh, but Jesus told them, I'm going to let you get back in there. But Jesus told his people before about these things. Mm -hmm. You know, saying that they he they have faith and they love Jesus and they know him, but they judge everything that walked before them. No, that they don't they don't love their neighbor or they have a problem with a brother or a sister or somebody close to them, but you say you love the Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, I don't know you. Yeah. Don't fix that off with your brother. With your, or your brother. Sister. There you go. So, and, mm -hmm. and so we have to watch that. 
as a Christian, we need to ask God to search my heart mm-hmm. and see if there is any what? Any wicked way in me. In me. Mm-hmm. And cleanse me, Father. From all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. And you know, obedience in the book of James depends on relationships. So, how do we relate to, it's like we just talked about, a brother or sister in the church who is in need? Words are not enough. We cannot simply say, go in peace. God will provide and take care of you when God has given us the tools to help that brother or sister. God will provide mm. through you. Through you, he will provide. He will provide. If you got it, give it. Give it. And we were so busy saying, well, I have to work for mine, they didn't get a job. But <laughs> exactly, but here's what you here's what the Lord is saying to each and every one of us. Of course, needs can be endless, and we cannot meet all of them. But there is a principle in poor you will call the power of one. We 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 are the hands, just like we said, in the feet of Jesus. And we can help others one person at a time. Well, if everybody stood up and let God use their hands, their feet, every need of someone else would be met. That's right. One person at a time. In fact, that is how Jesus really works. And let's go to Mark 5, 22, verse Chapter 5, starting with verse 22 in Mark. Okay. Mark, Mark. chapter 5. All right, 5. 22, and we're going to read a little bit of that. Okay. So Mark 5, starting with verse 22. Then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus, by name. And seeing him, he prostrated himself at his feet and begged him, Earnestly saying, My little daughter is at is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. And Jesus went with him, and a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides, so as almost to suffocate him. And there was a woman who had had a flow of blood for twelve years and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but instead grew worse. She had heard the report concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throne and touched his garment. For she kept saying, If I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. That's and faith. That's, that's faith. That, that, that's true faith. That now, now, that's, now think about this. That faith worked by what? Action. She Work. said it, but she also reached Work. Work. out there and grabbed it. Work body. that she put for effort to touch. And that's work. Mm-hmm. That's work right there. When, right she, there. when she put for effort to touch it from going, that was work. So faith without work. It's dead. And and she knew, she knew as she touched this garment, Mm -hmm. she could be healed. But she had to put forth effort. She had to put forth a little work to get to that that garment to touch it. 
Exactly. So after the healing, Jesus could have gone on and the woman would have left rejoicing. But Jesus knew that she needed more than physical healing. So he stopped and took the time so that she could learn to be a witness for Jesus, to both share and to receive. Then after he had helped her and not before, he said the same words found in James chapter 2 and verse 16, go in peace. So when we recognize a need but do nothing about it, we have missed an opportunity to live out our faith. Amen. 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 Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Many times, you know, people will come, and we know that is a fact because if it's meant for me to help you and give you something, I will have it in my pocket to give to you. God will make sure you have. Will make sure you have. He will make sure that you have to bless that individual. That, that the person need you would have it, you have it. and sometimes you have that and more. That's so it. it's meant for you to help that person at the time that they need what they need. See, God, God is good. He sure is. He is good. He'll make sure you have He'll it. Make sure you have it. And we're a living witness. We've done it many times. Oh, I said, well, I don't want to know that person not trying to get over me. If that person is trying to get a woman, you won't have it to you give. Won't have it to give. God will make sure you don't have it. At the, that time, at the time the person has, you won't have it because that person is trying to use you. God said, I'll take care of you. I am your keeper. He won't let you be misused by anybody. In fact, we had that to happen today. When we went to a store and this person was sitting out and um, at a little table with shirts and had Christ with beautiful shirts and saying what they do and this is a mission for this and all that. And what they said was, well, when you come back out, we can look at them. And, and, and it was, this was the plan for us to come back out the door and look at one of those shirts and be able to donate. What happened was this person wasn't even there by the time we came out the door. So yeah. they told me, I said, okay, it wasn't meant for us to give to him. It wasn't meant for us to donate. It wasn't. Because it wasn't what he said it was. Exactly. That's how, that's how God take care of you. That's how he take we, care we, of you. We had told him we were going to buy two of the shirts when we come back out. He wasn't there. But he wasn't at the table when we come back out. He was gone. He was gone. See how God takes care of his people. people. Because he knew we were going to donate from my heart. It so was. don't worry. Leave your faith in God and don't lean to your understanding. Because God said, I'll take care of you. Absolutely. And see, when we don't live out our faith, and by doing so, our faith gets a little weaker and a little deader. And that's true. This is because faith, when our work dies. Yes. And James describes it even more clear. Faith is dead already. If it were alive, the works would be there. If they are not, what good is it? So at the end of verse 14, as we read, James asked a question about this kind of workless, workless faith. It comes across far more stronger in the Greek language than it does 
us in most translations that faith could not save him, can it? No. And the answer James expects us to give clearly is no. 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 Faith no. cannot save none no, of us. No, no, no. And also, you can't do anything for God. Without we, faith. Without faith. <laughs> so you got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have it. It's got to be that. If you don't have any faith, then you can't do anything for Jesus. Amen. Let's go to uh, James chapter 2 and verse 18. Okay. James 2 and verse 18. All right. But James 2 and verse 18. Amen. Okay. But someone will say to you then, you say, you have faith and I have good works. Now, you show me your alleged faith apart from any good works, if you can. And I, by my good works of obedience, will show you my faith. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's the word. That's the word. The word. Can't over with the word. That is the word. That's the word. And That's that was that was out of the amplified amplified version. And so James uses a common language tool in case a person disagrees. The person who disagrees tries to argue that as long as the person has faith or works, he or she is fine. But James is trying to say that Christians cannot hope to be saved by faith if there are no works that come with it. Right, because the works with faith shows that Jesus lives in you and that you know Jesus. I mean... And faith is an action word. Love is an action word. You can say I love you all day and you don't show no action. What good is love? You can say I love you all day and I'm sitting there home and you won't give me nothing to eat. But you love me. But you love me. I don't know. I can't live off of empty love off of empty stomach. So well, that, it's the same way right. as you raise your children. You say you love your children, but you neglect to give them bath, clean clothing, shelter, and all that. That is neglect. It is not love. God said he loved us. He went to the cross that for is, us. That's he died. That's love. That's, that's love. love. Amen. That's Amen. love. Amen. He went to the cross. So we could have salvation. We could be free from what? Sin. We could have a way to be free from it. He went. He went. With no doubt about it. He went and he died. Exactly. That's love. That's love. Action. Action. It was action. I had no doubt about it. Now you have no doubt that he loved you. That's it. See, you know, the important point is that not just any faith will say true faith, saving faith, is shown by good works. So in the same way, works are only good works if they come from faith. Faith, right. That's right. So faith and works cannot be separated. It's like two sides of a coin. One cannot do without the other. Also, like a coin, one side is the head and the other is the tail. Faith comes first and then leads to the way to works. That's right. As you have that 
true faith, that saving faith, it leads you do, to do the good works that God asks you to do. Yeah, the obedience. God, yeah, because it becomes a part of you. I mean, when exactly. you get one, the other one just automatically grows and bam, they'll go from all right there That's together. Right. You know, uh, you so, start showing love. You start encouraging others. You just start helping those who are in need because of faith, which right. is just one of the fruits of the Spirit. It works on you together, you know? Yes. It works on you together. One grabs you, another one starts coming on you at the same time. You can't you can't stop one. And you get one, another one automatically starts. That's true faith. You know, because they're like brothers and sisters. They work together. Yes. You yeah. can't have one without the other. They, they don't split up. You get one, you get the other one. There you go. You know, they automatically come together. Amen. They definitely do. And you know, consider Paul's attitude feeling towards works. Let's look in Ephesians chapter 2. All right. Okay. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And verse 10. Okay. All right. You there? I'm there. Okay, for we are God's own handiwork, <clears throat> his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we do those good works with God predestined, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he Rearranged and made ready for us to live. So God did that for us. Yes, He did that for us. We couldn't do it without God. We couldn't do any of those, any of those things. That's God living in us. Yes, it That's is. That's God living in us. That's Him. His love lives in us. His love. His love spreads abroad. Yes, it does. It's God. That's how people know that. <laughs> you know God. God lives in you. God part of you. God do all things through you. You know, God love shows through you. God kindness shows through you. Everything comes from God through you. That's how he know, everybody knows that you know God. That you live for God. That God lives through you. That God is your life. That all things work through you from God. Nobody has to guess. Nobody has to ask you if you're a Christian. They can see that you live for God and God lives in you. God lives through you. God speaks for you. Amen. God walks with you. <clears throat> and, That's true. And everyone knows that. Because they see your life. They see your life. They see the change in you. They see the change in the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you dress. You know, so they know God is there. They don't have to second guess. You ought to tell nobody. Amen. Let's go to First Thessalonians. Okay. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse three. <clears throat> okay. I I got the first okay. Chapter one. And verse <clears throat> 3. All right. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, We call it unceasingly before our God and Father, your work energized by faith 
and service motivated by love and unwavering hope in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And there you go. There's another about faith. Why are, why are good works so important? <clears throat> Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 25. Okay. <clears throat> okay. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 25. <clears throat> verse 25. All right. Let's go. So also good deeds are evident and conspicuous, and even when they are not, they cannot remain hidden indefinitely. Amen. So, Paul was not against good works. He was against works as a way to salvation. In fact, Paul said that those who depend on works of the law to be saved are under a curse. So this is because no one who tries to be saved by keeping the law really succeeds in keeping it. Obedience is possible only through the gift of the Holy Spirit. In, in other words, if man cannot, by any of his good works, deserve salvation, then it must be holy of grace. It is by grace. So grace is received by a man as a sinner because he receives and believes in who? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, that's right. So it is all a free <laughs> gift, justification, forgiveness by faith, is placed beyond any doubt. And all this argument is ended when all agree that fallen man in his good works can never earn eternal life for himself. No. There you go. No. And if you, think, if you think you can earn eternal life for you yourself, can't earn it. let me tell you, the devil got you totally fooled. Yeah. He said, he got his hand on you and you need to do some serious prayer mm -hmm. because he got his hand on you if he got you thinking that way. Then we're not, we're not going to earn anything we got to walk by faith and not by sight. That's right. we got to walk by faith that through Jesus Christ, we are saved. That's right. Before we go on with more faith that works, we're going to take a break and play a good inspirational, powerful song. And we want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in time. Bible Today for the rest of my life. 
That was CC Winans with For Always. Such a beautiful song. Beautiful song, yes. So if you just joined us, you are listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in time Bible study talking about faith that works. Now we're going to go to James chapter 2 and verse 19. James chapter 2 verse 19. Chapter 2 and verse 19 says, You believe that God is one, you do well. So do the demons believe and shudder in terror and horror, such as make a man's hair stand on end and contract the surface of his skin. So they got that kind of faith. So if works are absent, there is only one other way to prove that one's faith is real. By religious beliefs, if I believe the right things, then I must have faith, right? Well, let's read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Let's just see what that is. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, four. and verse 2. Okay. So we have renounced disgraceful ways, secret thoughts, feelings, desires, and underhandness, the methods and arts that men hide through shame. We refuse to deal craftily, to practice trickery and cunning, or to adulterate or handle dishonesty the word of God. But we state the truth openly, clearly, and candidly, and so we command ourselves in the sight and presence of God to every man's conscience. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 okay. and verse 4. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. First Timothy two, verse four. Right. Timothy chapter two and verse four. Right. We wishes, who wishes all men to be saved and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know precisely and correctly the divine truth. We're also going to look at James, and we're comparing all these. James uh -huh. chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. Uh -huh. James 5, 19 and 20. Okay. My brethren, if anyone among you strays from the truth and fails and falls into error and another person brings him back to God, let the latter one be sure that whoever turns a sinner from his evil course will save that one's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins 
could cure the party of the many sins committed by the converts. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful. Let's look at one more. First Peter. First Peter. Yeah, that is powerful. First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-two. Okay. Since, since by your obedience to the truth through the Holy Spirit you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren, see that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. From a pure heart. So what do these verses tell us about how important knowing truth is? Well, there's no question that a knowledge of truth is important, but that knowledge is not enough to prove that a person has saving faith. So when we looked at 2.19, James, let's look at James again, 2.19. So I'm gonna read, read that, James 2. James 2.19. Okay. Again, what did we say? You believe that God is one, you do well. So do the demons. So the most basic statement of faith in the Old Testament is Deuteronomy 6, 4, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. So it is known as the Shema because this is the Hebrew word it begins with. This verse clearly shows belief in one God. Every other biblical teaching flows from this important truth. But even the demons believe this truth. Yes. In fact, they know it. <laughs> but yet, what good does it do them? Right. In other words, they believe it. They know the truth, but they ain't following it. That's right. They can care less. They just know it's true. They shake with fear in God's presence. They did it when Jesus commanded them to come out of the victim in Mark 3. Mark chapter 3, verse 11. A faith that does not change how we act is useless. It is the same kind of faith that the demons have when they are very active in deceiving us with false doctrines and lies. So, as with Israel, at the time of Jesus, demons will encourage people to believe their false ideals when these people desire to hold on to impure and unrighteous behavior. So, what you're saying is mm -hmm. if, you're, if you don't change, mm -hmm. You know, what good is it Your faith. Doing, yeah, what good is it doing you to read God's word? If, if, you're, if you're not going to allow it to change you. If you're not going to allow it to change you. If the old man doesn't be buried every day. Mm. What good is it doing you to read God's word if you're going to still be a liar, a cheater, prosecutor, drink your alcohol, and sleep all day? And do whatever you choose to do all week, but then you go in the um, building 
acting like you praising the Lord. That's just that form That's of godliness. That's a form of godliness. The demons do that. Yes, they do. The demons said. do that. They do that very well. And God said, look, <laughs> I've been through this before with my people. Now, I'm giving you a new and old testament. Mm. One should be a testimony to the other. They did this before, and I'm telling you, if you do this, the same that happened to them will happen to you. Exactly, because you know in 1 Timothy 4, 1, it says, The Holy Spirit clearly says that in the last days, some people will leave the faith. They will follow spirits that will fool them. And they will believe things that demons will teach them. So faith must be shown in our lives or it is not saving faith. It's not saving faith. It is really the faith of demons. Such a faith will not save us any more than it will save them. And the only way you can get that faith is to get a personal relationship one -on -one. with God, a one-on-one. Okay? Man. Otherwise, you can't get it. You, you can't get it by hearsay. You can't get it by what someone else told you that God's Word said. You can't get it by looking at someone else who have it. Mm. You can't get it by trying to buy. You can't get it by asking someone else to give you some of it. Okay? You can only get it by getting down in God's Word and reading it, getting on your knees and talking with God, and we call that prayer, and building a relationship with God one-on-one. -on -one. Day by day, day, moment by moment. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And repenting to God and asking him for his mercy and guiding every day, every minute, every hour of the day. Now, that's how you build this relationship. And that's how you get his what? You get his Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit and what? His what? His faith. Yeah, right. His That's faith. That's right. Holy I'm Spirit. On. In He's other words, what you're saying is faith, again, without works is dead. And you cannot please God without faith. Right. And when you, the work shows God, when you talk to him, works. Mm -hmm. When you pray to him, works. When you build a relationship, works. That's the word God. Reading his word, studying his word. That's right. Word. Studying his word. All that is work. That's showing God that you have faith with work. I pray to you. I, I read your word. I study your word. In other I, words, right. it's a relationship. It's a relationship. You bond it. It's, That's you, right. You connect it to the bind. That's right. That's how you bond with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now you have faith. With works. Amen. That's how that's what we're talking about works, eh? That's what we're talking about work. Now when you get that relationship, you allow God to work through you to help your brothers and sisters. You are my hands. My feet. My feet. My voice. My voice. Now God can use you to help others. 
There it is. That's and it. There it is. It's all, it's, it's all, it's all put together. It, it balances itself out when you allow God to use you. Amen. That's that faith. That's that That's saving that faith. faith. That's that faith. Okay. So let's go to James 2. All right, James 2. You're in James 2 already. Let's go right. to 21. 21. Verse 21. All right. And verse 21 says, Was not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified, made acceptable to God by his works when he brought to the altar as an offering his own son Isaac? Mm. You see that his faith was cooperating with his works. All right. And his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented by good works. In other words, let's go to verse 23. And so, the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed in that here too, he trusted in and relied on God. This was accounted to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will, in thought and deed, and he was called God's friend. Amen. Now that that's how you wow. get a relationship built with Jesus, just like that. That's when God called him his friend. He called and, him his friend. That's right. And you want God to say this is my son, you're his son. My beloved. Amen. Right. You have got to do it the way that God has asked you to do it. Read that word, stay in that word, pray, and Repent, and you will be a part of his family, and obey that Ten Commandments, and you will be called his son. He said, if you love me. Keep my commandments. Then that's, that's the relationship. Keep that's the relationship. Right there. Obey that commandment. Obedience. Read that word. And, you know, Pray. let's go to uh, Romans 4.2 while we're at it. Romans okay, let's go to Romans. That, that'll work. I wrote Romans 4 2. Yeah. As a matter of fact, let's start with verse 1. Why? 4 1. Okay. Romans 4, starting with verse 1 says, But if so, what shall we say about Abraham, hmm. our forefather, hum humanly speaking? What did he find out? How does this affect his position and what was gained by him? For if Abraham was justified, established as just by acquittal, from guilt by good works that he did, then he was he had grounds for boasting, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in, he trusted in God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness, right living, and right standing with God. Now to a laborer, his wages are not counted as a favor or a gift, but as an obligation, something owed to him. But to one who, not working by the law, trusts, believes fully in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as righteousness, the standing acceptable to God. So, Interestingly, both James and Paul basically quoted Genesis 15, 16, chapter 15, verse 16. So, excuse me, 
Genesis 15, 6. Mm -hmm. But they seem to arrive at different conclusions. According to James, Abraham was justified made holy by works. But Paul seems in Romans 4, 2 to deny this possibility. But Romans 4 deals with whether circumcision is necessary for justification. So the question was whether Gentiles had to become Jews in order to be saved. Paul shows that Abraham's faith was the basis of Abraham's justification. So this is because Abraham believed even before he was circumcised. Abraham was circumcised later as an example of his inward faith. But works alone, even circumcision, are not enough for justification. Now this is because only those who also walk in the steps of faith of our father Abraham will be justified. Amen. So is Paul's point really so different from that of James? Hmm. Paul even goes on to use the same proof of Abraham's faith that James does. And that was in Romans, let's go to 17. Romans 4 verse 17. And you'll get the conclusion of the matter. All right, there we go. We're Romans like 4 and 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom we believe who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hope in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised, so numberless shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith, when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubting, questioning, concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. All right. So he, and so he basically, Abraham believed that God could bring Isaac back to life because he gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So in other words, Paul explains that saving faith is being absolutely so sure that God has, has the power to do what he has promised. So faith that trusts God to keep his promise and obediently depends on his word is saving faith. That's right. Amen. So Amen. if you know Amen. if God's word said he going to do it, then it's done. If God said it, it's done. It's done. It's, it's been that way ever since he created the world. In other words, these works are not works of the law, but works of faith. Works of faith. Well, Amen to that. Amen to that. So, you know, many feel that faith and works are not very important. But even these 
This separates the two, at least in the same way. True faith, faith working through love. And that's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Good works are not just the outward sign of faith. They are the outward working of oh, faith. Wait, that's right. So Abraham's faith in the God who created all life led him to obey God and offer up his only son. Amen. Well, you, you know, you obey those that you have faith that's going to do what they say, right? That's right. I mean, would you go to work every day if you knew you weren't going to get a paycheck? No. Why you go? I go because I absolutely know every two weeks I'm going to get a paycheck. That's faith. By faith. You go and start your automobile. Because I believe they promised me they're going to give well, me that, my that check. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You start your automobile, you never think about it one time if it's going to start. You're going to put that key in, you turn, you never think, bang, that car going to start. You don't even worry about it. You don't even think about it. Nope. Huh? You go to the grocery store, you don't want that to go to the store without food or nothing. You go, you go, I'm going shopping. You don't never think one time it's going to be out of food. Sometimes they are, but we don't think about it until we get there. Well, I, but, <laughs> but you never thought about it. Nope. You go to the gas station, you get gas, you don't never think about being out of gas. No. You don't, think, you don't think about it when you drive up there and there's a big sign saying we're out of gas. <laughs> and then you see the sign, you never think about it. Okay, because you live on faith in the world that things going to be there. So if you live on that kind of faith, according to James, it is. By obedience, that faith is made perfect. All right. Amen. Man. Well, I can't see how that faith in Jesus, uh, the creator that created everything before this existed. Right. I know I believe. I believe. And I believe. I've seen the works of what the Lord has done in and through our lives each and every day. I am breathing right. and talking to you right now. That's right. That has been one of the promises. And, and if you, wherever you live, whatever country you're in, if you listen to our voice right now, you ought to have some faith. Amen. Because it's only by the grace of God that you're hearing what you're hearing now. Oh, God's faith is what's got, I mean, our faith in God is what got us here today. And it continues. And it continues mm -hmm. to keep us. Amen. Amen. So we thank you. Thank you so much for joining us right here on LPJ 64, talking about faith that works. So we'll be back with closing comments, email address, and prayer. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 in time.
He's the only one you can have faith in and know it's going to work out. Let's say it. Know it's going to work out. Amen. So we thank you for joining us. And our closing comment tonight is when self is put away, then you can get a new and rich experience. You will see your own imperfections as you lie low at the foot of the cross. As you see the perfections of Christ, Self will feel unimportant in comparison with him. Christ will seem to the person who studies him a perfect example of a lovely character, goodness, a holy life. Then his example will be impressed upon mind and heart. And it will be shown in the character which is the thoughts, feelings, and actions. His mind will impress the heart. And it will be shown in the life. So come to Jesus in your need. Pray and live in faith. Hold fast to his powerful hand. Believe, only believe, you will see the salvation of God. If you are willing to be taught, God will teach you. If you are willing to be led, he will lead you to the fountain of living water. Amen. Amen. Now yes. we have closing prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last.
We ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word, that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. And we want to thank you for joining us each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And may you have a wonderful Sabbath and enjoy your weekend. Remember, save in faith, trust in his word, continue to study his character. And learn to continue to lean upon Christ no matter the circumstances. Amen. And you have a blessed night. Have a blessed night. And may God take care of all. Amen.